Yeah, you, the cute hottie with the fingers on the volume switch. Crank it, because you're listening to Trans Talk Raw. I'm Nikki Marie Dawn, and tonight I'm with my co-host, the rockin' guitar playing Terry Ellen. Our show is about our experiences being trans, current issues about the community, and we have tons of info on transition. Oh, and we'll have some pretty cool guests over the next few weeks, too. This episode is 21, and today we're talking about getting frickin' old as trans people. We'll be chatting up a storm on care homes, types of wills, powers of attorney, care expectations, legal shit, and more. So, with gray hair and cane in hand, let's get started talking old age. Tonight, we are talking about aging, transgender people aging, the things that we should be preparing for things that we should be potentially expecting and what we need to safeguard ourselves on and that sort of thing. Um, so we've done done a bunch of research. We've talked about this a little bit already before we started to do the show tonight. Um, we're thoroughly depressed. It is a, a, a depressing sort of a topic that we have to talk about. But we're going to change it up a little bit too, maybe in midstream. I don't know. We'll crack a couple of ass jokes or something like that. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll try and do something in order to be able to, uh, you know, throw the light out on, on the subject. Okay. But anyway, um, so I guess the big thing is, is we're talking about aging and trans, the trans population getting older. We getting are, old. We are trans people um, that are going to be the first into the system or very close to being the first into the system. Um, others the, are already in this. There are others won't already. Be the first, but there are other, others there already. There are some before us and transitioned long ago. You know, yes, in the seventies. Very small population, though. So now, when we take very a look small at it, population. There, yeah, but now when we take a look at it, our percentages have gone up quite significantly. There's a lot more individuals that are coming out at an elderly age. We're looking at it that, geez, you know, like in 20 years, I'm going to be, my ass is probably going to be planted in one of these homes. Or the other side of it is, too, is to look at it, is take care of yourself. Be healthy. Do whatever you can to ensure the fact that maybe you can decrease the amount of time that you might have to be in a facility along these lines. Yeah. You know, the other things, too, is is that there's lots of, there, there are, we have a wide span in our community. There are successful girls. There are girls that have got pensions. There's girls that are, you know, making some reasonably good money in their 30s and, and 40s. So there are those who wait until they retire to transition and then spend their retirement on their transition and have nothing left for retirement. That's a huge concern as well. It is. It's a very big concern um, because, you know, I mean... We're to so wait so long to do this and then having amassed a nest egg, retirement funds or whatnot, and then to use those, tap into those uh, to fund one's surgeries, everything that we do, especially trans women, uh, uh, to look as good as we can at this older stage of our lives and it takes a good chunk of cash to do it uh especially if you do everything uh if you feel like you need to do everything uh you're looking at a chunk chunk of cash if you don't have um an insurance plan that that can cover a good bit of it of which if you've retired then you're not going to have an insurance plan generally mm-hmm. at least not in america yeah, for sure. And I mean, you take a look, I, I look at myself personally, um, you know, I've spent an awful lot of money on transition. Um, you know, when we, when I start to calculate it up, yeah, it's probably around $75,000. That's a lot. And there are those that spend more than that. Oh, I know. And that's the you scary know. part behind it, but we don't have a choice because of, you know, I know in my case, I needed to spend the money that I, I spent. Um, do, am I, am I regretful for it? Not really, because <laughs> I'm I'm where I, you know, I mean it's it, it's a small regret, but it's something that where I would rather I've always said said this too I would rather um, you know live as a woman for five years and die than live as a guy for forty five years another thirty years or twenty five years 
Um, well, so, yeah, well, that wasn't going to happen. That was the whole point of my transition that I wasn't going to live another five years as a guy because physically it was going to kill me, the stress of it. So there wasn't, there wasn't even an option for me. I didn't see it as one anyway. So it wasn't even, I didn't even think about money or anything. I was just, you know, I just had to do this to survive. And hopefully didn't blow the hell out of everything, you know, but so many of us get to that point, you know, and so many of us have held on most of our lives and waited for retirement. I know a couple that transitioned after they retired mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, even when Caitlyn Jenner did her thing back in 2014, she was in what, 65, yes. she was 65 years old. Yeah. And that was that was part of, you know, and looking at her is like I don't want to be sixty five transition. Yeah, it's like I do not want to be sixty five when I transition. <laughs> I mean, she had the bucks to to do it, yeah, to do it and to look good. Uh, and she was blessed like you and having a full head of hair, and uh, but she even had some surgery to to give herself a very feminine hairline mm-hmm. and have the hair to do it. You know, most of us aren't fortunate enough to retain that amount of hair follicle uh, at 65. Uh, you have been. You're very blessed by the hair fairy, madam. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. I yeah. And that, that's a rarity. It is a rarity. A rarity. It a yeah. It really is. You yeah. know, I'm Unless... always envious of, uh, y'all who have the hair unless you transition early in life that will potentially that's that's the thing that it could change yeah unless you transition before the age of 40 if you have any male balding pattern Mm -hmm. um it ain't coming back yeah i think up to about 40 what i've seen in other girls you can get a lot of it back yes once you pass that threshold Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know anybody of our age who's got significant uh, regrowth of hair. I think. I think when they've reached my age, and yeah, I got a little, some back, but nothing. Right uh, yeah. home to mama about you know. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, we look at that part of it. We look at, you know, all of the money that goes into electrolysis. We look at all of the money that goes into facial surgeries. We look at all of the money that goes into all of the hormones and drugs that we have to purchase and buy. We look well, at... the hormones are tra- cheap compared to the other shit. Yeah, and we look at travel yeah. expenses that we have to do. We look at all of this, and that is, like we were saying, a huge chunk of change. Now, if you're fortunate enough that you did decide that you would retire... Um, and then you had a good chunk of change put away already with investments and all of that sort of stuff, then the, the chances are you're probably not going to be off too, too bad if you plan and you... No, if you've done it, plan. you know, you've had a good life and you've had a good income, you've had a mm-hmm. good career, you've been able to sock some stuff away. Um, I touched a little bit of... I borrowed against my retirement to fund a bit of my bottom surgery to cover the part that insurance didn't cover because mm-hmm. I didn't have that amount of cash laying around in the savings account. <laughs> uh, and so I was, I was fortunate in that regard, you know, that I could self fund right. a loan to myself and was very happy to be able to do that. Yeah. For sure. And you still have the ability that you still have like a 401k. Mm-hmm. You still have the ability to have, you know, um, a pension. And I'm paying myself back and paying myself interest. It's mm-hmm. not going to a bank or a credit card. I know there was one girl here in Mobile who financed all of hers on credit cards. Oh, my God. I just can't imagine doing that. Yeah. Uh, you've got to really, uh, you know, I, I somewhat could understand the dysphoria being so bad that you would do that, but I, Lord have mercy. Yeah. It's, it's like digging a hole yeah. you can't get out of, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I've heard of girls doing that before and they go and they'll, they'll rack up the credit and everything else. And then they get to be able to be who they are. And then they just declare bankruptcy and they don't, that's what they do. And I've seen it happen. Uh, you know, but again, I mean, that's a life and death situation. So some people have to, they, they actually push themselves yes, to limit yes, and they have to do it, um, which I understand. Um, you know, the, the thing that, it's the most difficult for many, many individuals that are transitioning is trying to set a nest egg away after transition because... Oh, yeah. At our late stage of the game, if we hadn't built some sort of nest egg, it's difficult to come up with one and just, what, mm-hmm. 10 years we have left of working life or 15 or whatever. It's a mm-hmm. much more daunting prospect at our age middle-aged yes so you know it's, it's much more daunting to put that kind of thing together especially with being transgender being automatic strike against us is to be employed mm-hmm. much less just the age ism that is inherent in the system regardless of whether you're trans or not mm-hmm. it's difficult yeah, unless you own your own business, which you do. Yeah, but saying that, um, the thing is, is that as we know with COVID nineteen right now, mm. it doesn't really matter. Something along those lines that comes up that you're not that you're not expecting at all, and then all of a sudden, boom. So, you know. Yeah, how do you plan for a pandemic? Well, you can't, and that's the thing. And when you take a look at it. You know, even people that were smart, that were investing, um, that did have stock, all of that. I mean, the stock market has taken such a huge hit. Some people have lost every 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 game that that occurred under Trump from the day he was elected is gone. Yes, as and, of as of and today. So. And so. Yeah, gone. And when we when we talk about that, like you say, well, being self-employed. Um, I think it can be very difficult for individuals to, for example, if you're you're you've been laid off in COVID, because of the COVID nineteen crisis and you've gone through all of this, what do you do if you're not rehired now? And we're looking at potentially a worldwide depression yeah. that's possible. That could, you know, we're looking at a whole bunch of things. I mean, even I'm not safe right now. I'm not at all. Um, you know, I've been hit, I was hit hard last year with, uh, the rain and all of that kind of stuff. I was down 71 days of, of, you know, of days that I could have made money, which I couldn't because of mother nature. And then I was planning to do a big recovery this year. And well, guess what? Hi, COVID-19. Gee, thank you for putting another, you know, bullet in my, in my side. Oh yeah. That puts, that puts, I mean, I I haven't even looked at my 401k. I haven't looked at it. Not going to look at it. You should. Not a damn thing I can do about it. No, no. And you know, you investing for the long term and all that. What, you know, nobody would have predicted this kind of loss. And I think uh, you can lay the blame at Trump's feet for dragging his feet and not doing what he should have done early on. I don't think we would have seen the same amount of effect had Hillary been present. Wow. It's it's a tough one to say because, like, for example, even in my province of Alberta, which, you know, um, is hammered all the time because of um, the, our oil sands and all of that. And they, you know, the world doesn't want us to produce any oil. I mean, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Oil we, we is $30 a barrel. Yeah. Well, our, our, our select, which is takes a lot more processing, is down to less than 10 bucks a barrel right now. Okay, so when we take a look at it, the province right now, our our premier of our province just came out and said, with the COVID and all of the other things, and as well, just, you know, it's not just Trump, it's like, we've got a wonderful celebrity called Trudeau in power here, that has fucked over the West so damn bad, that um, at this point in time, our premier has basically said that we are Alberta is basically in the dirty 30s, just like it was in the 1930s with the huge depression. Uh, the chances of us pulling out of where we are right now would be a miracle. And it's probably going to take 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years just to do some recovery. I mean, you take a look at it, um, you know, Warren Buffett pulling out of Quebec, out of the big pipelines. We just had a huge company called Tech that was going to invest $29 billion into the province. But because of 
poor political decisions they pulled out because of the Indian bands blocking railways and not allowing anything. And the federal government just went, oh, well, you know, but anyway, so all of these types of things can then be devastating towards what we go through um, as trans Oh, absolutely. We have and, no control over the, the economic forces that are occurring outside of our individual lives and all of that impacts us to one degree or another. Um, it's, it's a scary proposition. It's a scary thing. It is, it is a very, very scary thing. So, you know, when we talk about a lot of these things, I know it sounds very, very gloomy, and there is definitely gloom, gloom and gloom. There's no question. Where I think when we get through the virus thing, the world is going to be a different place, and how people manage and do mm-hmm. things from a political way as well, it's, it's going to be a different place. Um, I think uh, just based Hopefully on- there's a lot of eye-opening going on of... I don't know how things have been done. Well, you can always hope that the logic and intelligence of the, the population will realize what the faults were of the political powers that be and hopefully will make a very decisive change if they can. Um, but you take a look at even in Europe and stuff with uh, Boris and that being in power, he's in there for a while. He's not going anywhere and he's very much a heavy right right wing conservative. We're still fortunate in Canada. We have a liberal party, but even our conservative parties aren't that conservative in comparison. Our conservative parties actually here are very, very liberal in comparison to what, for example, the conservative parties are in the U.S. I mean, those the conservative parties in the U.S., as far as I'm concerned, are just radical, like absolutely radical. There's no sense of what they're doing or how they're doing it or how. You know. Oh, I agree with you. And much, so, much more radical than they were 10, 15 years ago. No, I'd take Bush over Trump any day. Yeah, and I didn't like him. I didn't like him either, but at least he had some sense of dignity and that, Mm -hmm. you know. um, But so a lot of outside factors can affect our elderly population. There's There's a lot of factors that we haven't discussed yet or talked about. So I wanted to get into a couple of things that where I think it's really important that even if we don't have a lot of capital or that in in what is happening, we will now again in, in different uh, countries it's going to be reflect differently. Um, but I mean, second level care homes here they're between three and five thousand dollars a month. The shit ain't cheap, and it's mm-hmm. it's expensive too in the U.S. I'm sure because obviously the U.S. is more of a pay per use system than even Canada, but at least the healthcare side of it. So it works in Canada here that if you still have or maintain the ability to be able to walk around, get yourself down to a dining hall, you know, basic general care, but still have some um, individuals coming in to say, you know, give you your medicines, make sure you can do your eye, your your drops in your eyes, you know, just kind of hover around you through the day a couple of times. But other than that, then it's kind of independent. So that would be like the seven, second level care. You're looking at around, like I said. It'd be like assisted living. It's it's like a, a little bit of an assisted living thing, um, you know. So those those are going to run you around thirty five hundred to five thousand dollars a month. Well, shit. Even if you had yeah, that's, that's pretty much grand, mm-hmm. that's not yeah, going to no. last very long. No. <laughs> you know, that's like it's amazing how years. expensive care is. <sighs> For the elderly, just to be stuck in a nursing home and be uh, looked after by, in essence, minimum wage people. And yet you're spending an amazing amount of cash every month to make that happen. It's like, really? Yeah. Now, in, hmm. in, in Canada now, we do get old age security, which I think pays us, pay, pays every individual. It doesn't matter who you are, but as soon as you hit 65, if you do, and it kind of varies in price or in the, the amount that you get too. So if you work to 65, then you're allowed one amount. If you work to 70, then you get a lot larger amount uh, because just because you're not, you know, drawing the yeah. system. So you do get an old age security. That's about 700 bucks a month. Then, of course, obviously, you'll get your Canada pension plan, which normally you pay in off every paycheck if you work for somebody, and then you will get whatever that amount is. So that could equate up to about $1,800, $1,900 a month, 
if you've been working for somebody all your life and everything else. Me, S-O-L, I don't have shit in the CPP because I have been, in, you know, I've been an entrepreneur and haven't You didn't pay in for yourself? Well, they, they don't give you that option as a self-employed person to pay in. You have really? To Why not? Really? Somebody. Yeah. So if you're like a company owner and that sort of thing, then the only thing they suggest that you go and then you invest in RSPs or you invest in other situations to get you through. So, you know, there, but at least then you're still guaranteed. And I think even though, but the, the good thing was, is that I did work quite a bit between the time that I was a teenager to the time that I went self-employed. So I think I have like about seven, 800 bucks a month that's going to come into me plus my old age security. So around 15, 15, 1600 bucks. But geez, at the price of that away, everything is 15, 1600 bucks. Don't do shit. That gets me a cardboard box on down on the street. A nice. And could you imagine trying to transition on that? You can't. You just can't do it, right? So in every country, it's going to be different if there is old age security or if there's kind of a, a, a CPP or something along those lines. Yeah, like, here it's social security. Right. And, and I, would draw, I would draw the full amount at 67. Right. And so how much do you guys get down there for, for that, for social security? What are you allowed? I think at 67, mine would be like around... 1800 maybe 1500 something like that wow see we would get only 800 for that 700 dollars is what we get for our old age pension and that's kind of fixed in stone um and it has yeah. been i mean right now looking at um you know the models of my 401k my pension and social security I ought to get about four grand a month when I retire. I'm coming to live with Terry. <laughs> I'm coming to live with Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably need a roommate then. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, at least with a roommate, you'd, you'd have an opportunity to be able to pay off the bills or split the bills, and that's oh yeah, which, yeah, that's, which that's, that's is an know. option for people that are getting elderly as trans people. You could look at different avenues that might help you to not have to oh, go yeah. through roommates. I mean, that's, that's one thing miss about a marriage and you miss about family. You know, we lose so much of that. Uh, so many of us do some, oh. some get lucky and mm-hmm. have that support. The younger ones uh, definitely get better success in that than, than, us older ones do as far as marriage and family acceptance. But uh, for those of us who've lost our marriage and don't have family per se, it's daunting to look at old age, you know, the loneliness and Mm -hmm. that that comes with us. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I mean, but it is a good option. Can you, you know, uh, it, things to potentially think about as you get older you know these are things that you could plan for if you know people in the community that you're good and friendly with or whatever you're going to end up you know potentially maybe you could move in with somebody you can help your own situation and theirs by doing something even if there isn't a relationship you're still friends but i mean you know i mean it's sometimes better because when we take a look at it and Terry and I both today read quite a bit of stuff about yeah. nursing homes mm. and, you know, third level care homes. Um, mm. I am, and we've had family in these institutions. Yes. Right? So we know a little bit of firsthand. Yeah. As to know what actually occurs and happens. And I mean, um, I've already mentioned my, you know, some of the situation, the things that I've gone through um, just dealing in with, you know, my dad, for example, who hit 90, was in, was second-level care, uh, was third-level care, a seven-hour drive away, totally separate province, but I would mm-hmm. always be visiting. I'd always go out at least once or twice a month if I could. You know, I mean, it was 14-hour drive, but go out, and there's like you're there for three or four days, and, yeah, it costs bloody money. I mean, you know, every mm-hmm. state to just go out and visit. You're, you're looking at $800 in hotels or $700 in hotels, you know, or whatever, and then you've got to visit them and all of that. So that's another thing that, you, you know, we as individuals that are transitioning at an elderly age there's a lot of other expenses that we have to go and do to take care of our parents to do all of that if you're fortunate enough and have children that actually still 
support you, still love you, all of those kinds of things. Hopefully you can have some support from them. But like for myself, I have no kids and I have no family. Yeah, so I have a son. You know, so that, I'm that well. You might know. mean something down the road. <laughs> well, at least, you know, and I know your son is close to you, so that's a good thing um, in, in that mm-hmm. way. Um, so, you know, you, that's one of the things I think that's so important that where you do have some of that support. But, you know, when it, because I was in and out of second-level care homes and nursing homes for close to three and a half years, probably almost four years, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, that where a lot of money, now fortunately he had a good retirement plan. So he, because he worked for a government agency in Alberta before he retired, um, he had a good pension that would, would help him out. But the thing was my entire inheritance of probably about $300,000 or what it would have been all got spent on his second level care home. Mm-hmm. And it just oh, yeah. went which is which is not my money. Do you know what I mean? So which is cool. No, it's not not your money you know? until we, and, and it, it was it was kicked, money. You know. So do you know, um, it, it is what it is, and I wanted to make sure that he was going to be okay and all of that. But it was very very interesting to to also things to note here. One uh, with the second level care homes, when you go in and out of these places, you get a really good understanding as to what occurs. Okay. Not even not with the care, but also with just how it seems society is and uh, with elderly folk. So I would always go into, you know, always see my dad and even the nurses and the, uh, you know, the, the, the care providers, all of that. They were always, always ecstatic about the fact of seeing me, you know, I, and they basically, a lot of them saw my whole transition unfold. But, you know, it was just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and it was and it was fine. And even some of the elderly people I know probably saw that too, because where when this was all going on with my dad, it was at that time when I first started transitioning, and everybody knew me as the guy before. And I would again those safeguards. Yeah, I would still live as a man and a woman, but I wouldn't flaunt it when I went to see my dad or anything. I would kind of just be androgynous and go in and do my thing and then of course so they were able to see that as well um but what i was surprised about was when the second level and third level care nurses would come to me um at the time that i was moving my dad into a nursing home they all came up to me and said you're amazing and i didn't know why and i said well why was why is that and they said you were diligent and came and visited him all the time all the time and you know they said 68% of these people that are in here don't get anybody coming to visit them in years. And they're just left there. And that has to be so traumatic for those individuals. And that is just in the cisgender population. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. not even the trans population. We're just talking cisgender population, okay? And so it's very eye-opening to see how our society treats the elderly. And then... To put the trans card into play, into that, it's oh, even yeah. worse because, mm-hmm. um, like Terry had put mentioned, put some icing on that shit cake. Yeah, exactly, and it was more diarrhea on the shit cake. This is really what it boils mm-hmm. down to. But like Terry said, and, and it is too, uh, we look at a lot of these nursing homes and second level care homes. A lot of them are relig- religious based. And yeah, which the, don't like us. Yeah, and which of course, obviously, don't like us. Now, I was fortunate that everything, everybody, because I'm in Canada and I do, I am so appreciative of living in Canada because the acceptance level is so much different here than it is in so many other places in the world. I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, But so when I, but again, just saying that it's very, very difficult. And I had a difficult time walking into these places because, God, it was just like a, a young person walking in and it wasn't even because I was trans. It was just, I was a young person, I was walking in, and all of these faces, 70s, 80s, staring right at you, and you could tell they were just heartbroken. There was no way. Oh, yeah. I saw it. My grandmother was in there and saw that happen. My wife's mother was in there, saw all that. It's just horrible. I'm sorry. I don't don't care how good they are. Mm -hmm. It's still a horrible place to be. Yeah, it is. 
Um, so other things that I remember, um, which in some ways um, was interesting as well, and we're talking about aging, we're talking about all that, we're talking about transition, we're talking about being transgender individuals. Um, I like to call myself a trans survivor, um, <laughs> which is my new term. And I know Terry just picked that up, picked that up too. So we kind of came that up to that up to that uh, statement together. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, because we, we very much trans survivors. Yeah, we, we are trans survivors. Our no transition question. and yeah. have thrived. Mm-hmm. So good point. Afterwards, yeah. yeah. So we are definitely trans survivors. A new term for our lexicon. Yes, definitely. So anybody that also wants to use that, just you know, that's, that's cool. right. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good. I think it's a good term. Um, we t- we talk about that though, and, and some of the other things that I remember too vividly in the uh, in the second and level third level care homes was the fact of that how ex- I was accepted, um, and yet in turn um, going in when I, I remember taking Dad out of the second level care home, he was getting to a point where he started to have a little bit more dementia. He was having a lot more difficulty even getting up to his room. Um, you know, getting lost and walking around the hallways and not knowing where his room was and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we all thought that. And I can remember, too, um, you know, uh, phoning phoning uh, what it was classified then as interior health for British Columbia and the province of British Columbia um, and saying that, yeah, well, we've got to get him moved and all of that. And they said, okay, fine, we're going to, we'll open up a bed anywhere. And I said, no, I want a specific nursing home. And there was a reason for that because it was, this particular one was right behind where his mobile home park was, where he had retired. And there was some other family members there, old elderly aunts and that sort of thing. So they could come and visit easier. So I explained that situation. I said, oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Much, know, much so, better. Much better. Yeah, so it worked out a lot better that way. And then, um, but I remember too, when I made the call, um, I was talking to a nurse and she said, so we're going to get your dad moved. And I said, yes. And, and she said, okay, great. And all of that. And then she said, um, and this was the one that was in the second level care home with a group of nurses. There, and they said, we would really like to meet you because some of them hadn't met me yet. Some had, because obviously the front desk girls and that, but this is the actual nursing uh, crowd from interior health. So the medical part that would come in and do all of that because the nursing home or the second level care home couldn't do that. And I remember, oh, I was really surprised that they, why would you want to meet me or whatever, right? So I went back out and I was just kind of, you know, packing up the room and all of that. And these four nurses come walking in and I've never met any of them, but I had talked to them on the phone. And they knew who I was. Um, they knew I was trans. Um, and they they just embraced me completely when they walked in the room. And it was just like, oh, hi, how are you? All of that sort of stuff. And then it ended up being that they were asking me questions about how they could deal with the elderly folk in the nursing homes or in the second-level care homes that were coming out. And they didn't know what to do. And they didn't know... Like they said, that we had a couple of trans people here. We don't know what to do. We've never been trained in this. We don't know what the pronouns are we, or not any of that sort of stuff. So I ended up teaching a couple of classes out there to the nurses out there so that they had felt more comfortable about working with individuals in the care homes. So it was. it's very interesting to hear how, as we already know, the medical systems in any country basically we know as being trans individuals, we know more about what we are than what the medical community does. And we usually have to educate. How oh, yeah, by far. Do you know? So it's, it's funny when we talk about that because there, that it is so, so true. And there's very few in places in the world that are actually training uh, medical students coming out of universities um, to be able to handle trans population to be able to do that. So these kinds of things are all things that you have to be aware of. Um, and, and, you know, how, how people are treated. Now, like, again, I said, I'm in Canada. Things are a lot different here. Terry's down in the States. Things are a lot different there. Much more aggressive, much more brutal, much more uh, non-accepting. Um, even the religious-based places are going are gonna to definitely frown. Um, yeah. With most of the reading, oh. I think, you know, I think most of the reading that you did today was not good about any of that kind of stuff. No. No, that was a depressing thing. And that cuts across the whole LGBTQ community, not just, just trans, but yes. uh, all the other parts of the rainbow alphabet. So, yeah, it's very daunting to look at that. Uh, you know, we get shit on so many times. 
because of so-called religious freedom that someone has feels they get the right to make our lives as awful as possible because of their faith. Mm-hmm. And it's such an oxymoron, really, that, you know, you're going to use your religion, which is supposedly based on love and acceptance and love your neighbor. And I'm talking about the Christians, so-called Christians, that mm-hmm. majority of the ones who come after us, use that as their basis, as their right to hate on us. You know, they talk about loving, hate the sin, love the sinner. Well, there's no love in there. I don't see love in there at all. I mean, you, you can't even let us have a home. You can't let us be in the nursing home. You can't give us care. There's no love there. There's no love at all. It's a very daunting right. scenario for all of us as we reach our so-called golden years. And unless we have just, you know, a few million stashed away that we can have private care in our own home, that's what the majority of us will look at at some point in our lives, should we live long enough. Well, I think it's important, and and you make a really good point, because that's, again, why if you can get the opportunity to live with somebody Find other individuals at your age group that then you can have a community base or two, a couple of people living together or even three people living together. Yeah, um, but to build that family bond yes, and is a difficult thing to do later in life. Yeah, it is a difficult thing to do. But I think a lot of, a lot of this is that people just don't think about this at all. Okay, and if they're not thinking about it, you know, we we all take it for granted. You know, we talk about just in the fact of that it's almost impossible to find a lover or find somebody to to connect with life with or any of that kind of thing. That's tough. But you have to remember that when we get older, we need to look at avenues to help and protect ourselves. And those, I think, it's these are the types of things that are so important. People have to talk about this. I'm sure, how, you know, who knows? On this podcast, people are probably looking at the title and going, eh, what do I worry about that shit for? Right? But well, yet, yeah. You know, yeah, but yet... In nature, it, you know, I'm good, I'm healthy. I'm in, exactly, I can, right? I can worry about that later. But you take a look at that, even in the youth and everybody else, even just saving up for RSPs, it's like... What am I going to worry about that for, right? Because nobody is proactive in that regard. Because everybody, and of course, again, the younger you start saving, the, the, the better yeah. off you'll be. Right. You know, compounding so, interest. <laughs> yeah. So you take a look at, you know, you take if there's young people out there, you should be taking heed here and doing what you can to protect yourself while you're young and don't take it for granted in that regard. You know, mm-hmm. people laugh and they say, oh, well, I don't even have enough to put away. Well, you know what? 20 bucks or 30 bucks a week can go a long way. Oh, yeah, especially 30 especially years old or 25 years on, old. You know, I got my son, my sister passed away and uh, the, her life insurance policy went to him. And I got him to go ahead and take $50,000 and put it into a retirement fund mm-hmm. at a young age. So when he gets to be, my age, retirement. He ought to have a couple of million at least in that fund. Yes. Over the course of that time, based on you know previous the last 50, 60 years of stock growth and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing is of course carved in stone when it comes to this, as we've seen over the last few weeks from well, the stock market in the United States, but over well, the long haul, mm-hmm. it is a very good um you know, mark of how yeah. things will go. Yeah, for sure. So when you take a look at it and we talk about the stock market even and, and the failures that we've seen, well, I mean, over the course of a 50-year time frame, I mean, you look at the last 50 years, well, let's see, we had 9-11, which created huge things. We had 2008 that was a massive... Yeah. 1973 the with the oil embargo. And There's been several episodes of yeah. drops. Um, right. And 87 so, recession, mm-hmm. um, some huge... We've had some huge humdingers. So, but yet, you know, yeah, you don't. Still- you just leave it alone. You put it in there and let her go. 
that's what you got to do. You don't look at it. And that's what I keep telling my sons, like, don't look at it. No, it's all long haul. Don't do anything. Don't touch it. No. You just leave it. Leave it, ignore it. And then when you're 65, take a look at it or whatever. And then you can Mm -hmm. go from there. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, another one uh, when we talk about finances and stuff too is self-direction. I think that people should be aware of that if you don't have a lot of money, um, you can take some free online courses on how to trade. And there's a lot of online trading that you can do by yourself and you know that so take a look at those avenues yeah it comes so, down to you're still gambling when you're doing well that. it is still you're still gambling but at least if you take use a bank for example to do it they're going to take a third of all of your entire investments anyway to stop and stop their pockets so that could be another third that you could put in your pocket it's gonna it is a case of that you know are you going to be savvy enough are you going to be able to do that but again it's very easy to go out there and find a list of solid stocks that you can invest in. And even mm-hmm. if you can only buy a couple because they're a couple hundred dollars a stock, it's still better than not investing in anything at all. So I, that's the big point that we need to make and have the youth, even though I know they're probably not going to watch this because they're too young and they don't care, <laughs> you know, which is the frustrating part behind it. Well, you know, we're, you not, know? we're not young and we're not... Uh doing makeup lessons and, and all that we're not yes. uh what do they call those influencers yes the we're influencers. Not, not influencers you yeah. know we don't have a million the uh, 20 30 40 million viewers or whatever even though you know we have so much life experience versus someone who's 20 years old and put on makeup very well mm-hmm. yeah. but it's yeah, where it's, our society is at. Yeah, it's a different world for sure. So let's get back to talking to about um, being a little bit older. We've given the advices to make sure that, you know, uh, when you do start to get older, you know, make some good solid contacts with individuals that are around the same age. Look to see if you can get into something. So a, a few other things that I want to talk about would be, um, you know, wills, making sure that you have a good will. Uh, make sure that you have a will, make sure you have a living will, if you do have assets of any kind or sort, if you, and then having, um, you know, the ability to be able to have power of attorney for financial as well as power of attorney for medical. Those two are critical that you could potentially, and this is why I say, if you can match up with somebody that you think you can live with, that you get along really well with, that you can trust, those because kinds of things, you know, we can make decisions for you should the need arise, right? You know, and even if it's another transfer, we'll do what you want. Yes. Okay. Now, with those, because if you do have a medical issue or something, and you give that power of attorney to somebody for your finances and your medical then they are going to be responsible for your care or making sure or directing to make sure that you're going to be taken care of and you're going to be okay. But the thing is, you always have to watch out too that the individual that you're going to do this to isn't going to just go get the power of attorney for the finance and medical stuff you in a freaking mental institution yeah. away with it's, all your cash. It's, get your power of attorney you know? and they clean you out and bubble right. So the next step to that is, is that if you're unable to do that and you can't find somebody that's trustworthy, but you can still find somebody that you can live with or anything along those lines, give it, give it to your attorney, a good solid attorney, and they can make sure that they direct the things that they need to. And of course, obviously it's going to cost you money, but at least you got to look at it this way. Do you want to be kind of, you know, taking it, lose your money to uh, at least a, uh, a legal entity that will still make sure from a legal perspective that you're going to be taken care of no matter what. And yeah, you're going to lose it, lose money or give it to somebody else that you think that you really t- uh, is going to take care of you and they boot you out the door or they throw you in a mental institution and then you're done as it is anyway. So these are things that, you know, we as uh, people that are seasoned, shall we say, should be thinking about the wills, the living wills, the, uh, powers of attorney. Everybody should have one, especially when you start hitting the age of 55, 60 years old. You should have a full blown will. You should, if it's going to go to your kids or anything else. Um, the other, you know, and different countries are in, in different ways. If you're, say, for example, um, if you're in uh, England or something, you're going to have different laws than what you have in the States, which are different laws than what you have in Canada, you know. Um, so everybody is different in, in their 
the, the laws that are, are constructed around this. So then we start to get into the legal side of this as well, that where we look at, you know, for example, say you are admitted into a nursing home or a second level care home, you do have the money. Now we have to worry about what our legal rights are and how we're being treated. And that's extremely important. So for example, if you were to go into a second or third level care home, second level or a nursing home per se, and you are um, admitted and say the care home doesn't want to give you your hormones anymore, even though you've been on them for 15 or 20 years, okay? Or they don't want to allow you to dress the way you feel that you should because of, for whatever reason, they find out that you're trans or whatever, you know? Um, think of all of the girls that decide not to go with bottom surgery. That's, oh, yeah. That becomes that, you issue. see, these are things that people do not think about when they get older at all, okay? So you, everybody, that anybody that's listening to this, take heed on this kind of stuff. So you can, you can, this is where, again, where you can take a lawyer, get a lawyer, have them put into place and have them make sure that when you get admitted into a, one of these uh, homes or a nursing home, that they t- check up on you every once in a while, or have an assistant check up on you every once in a while to ensure the fact that you are getting the care that you're needed. Because even in the States, Canada, the UK even, all have rules about this and legal rules that state that nursing homes have to take care of you and have to allow you to live as your chosen gender. It's just straight flat out. And today I researched it and it is in every all of those countries. It, there, it's absolutely straight out law. And so always remember that if, you know... Of course, of- when it comes down to the day-to-day thing, and that's all great and fine, but when you have somebody, a director of an individual nursing home or assisted living center who feels that they can use their beliefs to make you live a certain way, and what are you going to do about it? Well, How many are going to be able to actually enforce that law for themselves or have someone enforce that law well, for themselves? It, it, that's it, also an issue. Well, it is an issue, and it's. But I, I, ha- I have to always, and myself personally, I have to look at it, kind of, you know, from a different perspective. Because if the assistant comes in, we'll say, and you're treated badly for uh, a, a month or two months, and then the assistant comes in and finds out, okay, then you gotta you. And this is where I say it's really, really important to do that research, that preliminary stuff, that finding a good lawyer, all of that, that where. You know, can they in some way hand this off to a uh, public entity that can then go in against the nursing home without them you, you having to spend the money or your lawyer having to spend the money to go after them? So it does get integral with the legal side of it. But the more I've studied this and the more I've gone through this, the more I realize there are avenues for us that we can take. It's not going to be perfect. There's no way. And yes, you're absolutely right, Terry. There's no way that this is going to be perfect. And there's, that's right. You can get into it. But here's the other thing. Why can you not, as a, a person at 45 or 50, start to scout out what type of homes are out there? Where are possible places that would be much more friendly for me to be involved in or with? And then have the direction put in your will to say, you need, want to be placed in this location which then guarantees you a better line of care once you get to that age. So that's not a will. No, but it, it, what it is, is <laughs> it's, it, not it, not, it's not, it's not a will, but it's uh, it, what it is, is it goes in the power of attorney. So you can make, well, that, a, that is in case you cannot make the decisions yourself. If you're right. mentally incapacitated, that's but, not the same thing as being physically incapacitated no. but you can still have the mental wherewithal to make your own decisions so a living true. will or power of attorney for somebody would be for when you're mentally incapacitated and can't make those decisions for yourself right. so those are two little different yeah, scenarios but, but still the same idea is if say for example um you are starting to lose it mentally in that and 10 years prior to, you were searching out places that you could go to that would be friendly. Alzheimer's, perhaps, that you, you know, Then you can have you direction. Have gotten Alzheimer's. 
right. you but set the, up a directive with your legal counsel of, hey, this is where I'm going. I'm, you know, I'm going to get to the point where I can't make decisions for myself anymore. So I want to make those decisions now. I want it binding. I want it in writing that this is what's going to occur and this is where I will go. Right. So just, and I know it, it's options though. That's the thing. We have to, for, you know, think prior to the time of hitting these, this, that what's important, where you have to think about this kind of stuff. All of us that are in that mid 40s, 50s, 60s, this is all advice that people should be taking so that they start to pre plan for this. You know, think of it you, you've worked your ass off and you've done everything you possibly can to become who you are, and you've still got to live out life. So don't you think it's important to make sure that you still get that opportunity to be able to be who you are when you get into maybe a potential situation where you need a second or third level care home or any of that? So a lot of this, even though we hear and read about all of these horror stories out there and things and how people are treated and all of that, that happens when you don't pre-plan or when you don't set things up, okay? And I, I realize too, and, and people are probably going to say, yeah, but that's only if you got money. What if I don't have any money, you know? And then I'm, I'm uh, you know, those kinds of things, I totally understand that there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, fuck, like I said, no, I, but I, might, I might be living in a planning, I mean, once we get to this age, there's not, as far as having a big nest egg, that kind of planning is not available anymore, not to establish one unless you come up with some fandangled patent late in life or some other thing right. yeah. uh, that you become, become rich, but that, that is rare, very, very, very rare. Yeah, it so is. The, the other side of the coin is to plan what you can plan with because you can still plan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can still make some plans to the best of your ability and the best of your financial ability, what you can do for the long road and to plan ahead in some way. You can, there's insurance you can buy um, that will cover, that can cover these costs later on. So there are several options to look into um, when you get to that point. That's something you know I'm going to have to consider here in a few years of down the road. Uh, even genetically, I might be okay. My my grandparents had their own home until their 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents still have their home, and they're 83, 84. So I have some good, you know, genetic stuff coursing through me that maybe I'll be fairly healthy, but there's no, no guarantee of that whatsoever. So right. you just never know. Well, and, and like anything, uh, pre-planning is important. You know, good health is going to be important too. Um, you know, the thing is, I've seen people though, that smoke their asses off right to 95 when they're still 95 years old, right? Puffing oh, well, my grandfather did. He smoked till the day he died. Hell, he was 94 years old. Yeah. Just happened to get a good roll of genetic, genetic diets. Mm-hmm. But if you think you're one of those, odds are you're probably not. Yeah. Smoking is never advised mm-hmm. so i i know it's uh it this conversation is uh, a, a rough one there's you know L, be just getting older is rough it is what it is right I mean, as my grandfather said it's old to get old yeah that's right that's right you know that's one of the things he would say all the time and he was in the nursing home he had a bit of dementia or alzheimer's i wasn't quite sure which one it was but yeah, he would often say, you know, it's hell to get old. Yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, I agree with granddaddy. It is. <laughs> well, and, but the thing is, we all have to face it. It's all coming. Um, and and uh, for trans people, it's going to be tougher because we already have the trans card being played against us. Or like you had mentioned, and that's very true, uh, you know, it doesn't matter anybody in our community, LGBTQ, 2SA. Oh, yeah, the whole alphabet. You know, Just, I mean, you we're... Know, to, for that alone, be able to figure out where you're going to go and it be an accepting and affirming mm-hmm. place. So it's not every faith-based organization 
it's going to be against us. There are those, you know, several religious, the UCC Church, mm-hmm. um, Presbyterian, Methodist, there are several faith-based organizations out there that are okay with us. And so to find one of those in your area or to find one where you'll want to go, um, it's going to take us all a bit of research to figure that out, plan ahead for that emergency and end-of-life decisions. It's a scary thing to think about. Well, I look at it, too. It would be very, very difficult to live like this and have my hormones and then get into a place and that's robbed away from you. It's hell already being old. It would be even more hell to lose the hormones and to lose the ability to be able to just be who you are. Well, you know, when I'm 90, I probably won't be on hormones anymore. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you'd be just happy to be, like, waking up with your eyes at that point. uh, you know, I figure I'll get to be on hormones for maybe another 10 years or so. At some point, it's we get to be postmenopausal women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some I point. See, I see that coming. Yeah. I, I, I've thought about that as well. And it's just like, well, when do you just say the heck with the hormones and you don't worry about it anymore and it's not important? Yeah. I know I told my endocrinologist after I had bottom surgery, like, okay, don't, don't be making me postmenopausal. I just went through puberty. I don't want to go from puberty to menopause. Right I'd like some time as a, you know, on yeah. hormones and be me for a while, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She's like, no, don't worry. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I, I guess I guess that pretty much wraps up the show. Um, you know, I think it's just important to try to pre-plan like anything in life. You've got to plan for it. You've got to try to figure out how you can do it. Do the it, best you can. And do the best you can. So many variables in any given life. And you have to assess your own situation, your own circumstances, your own family, the wants and needs of yourself and your loved ones and figure out what is best for you. Yeah, exactly. So just just be wise. Try to to stay smart. um, Prepare for it. Do whatever you can. Wills, living wills, powers of attorney. Think about all of that kind of stuff. You know, think about potentially moving in with somebody to that. You know, could it could be work out well. You're still going to have company and everything. You don't maybe have to worry about the religious crop if you're both reasonably healthy and you can make it through for another 25 years. And yeah. you know that that's that's a good way. Uh, maybe one other thing to think about too is to think about ways that you might. Because we are in such a wired world now, think of potential ways that you might be able to make some extra coin on the web. What could you do? What little things could you maybe get into? What kind of maybe uh, options there are out there that could generate a little bit of income for you? Um, you know, there's always those types of things that you can think of as try to think of as well, uh, because every little bit's going to help. You know, especially and that's that's the way I kind of look at it, too. I'm like, well, my fucking retirement's gone. You know, my I don't have the the pensions and I don't have any of that other sort of stuff. And I'm already facing a lot of crap. But yet in turn, I reeducated myself just in the last like seven years to make sure that I had a fallback plan that I could maybe do something for a while on the Web. And plan B. Plan B. And that's the thing. So it's always the case so that you got to think about these kinds of things. Um, you know, as you do get older and the world continually changes and, you know, we're not quite sure where it's going to be when we come out of this COVID-19 thing. We really don't know. No, there ain't, there's no, that's a huge monkey wrench that's been thrown into everybody's lives because a pandemic virus cuts across all economic, socioeconomic classes. Rich, poor, all get infected alike. Yeah. You might get tested earlier, but you still get sick. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, everyone, hope you enjoyed our show and you were able to make it through uh, the misery of us talking about old age and being decrepit and all of the wonderful things you get to look forward to. (laughs) Everybody wash your hands and social distancing. Yeah. Keep your ass at home if at all possible. Flatten that curve wherever you are. Yeah, stay safe, stay isolated. It, we'll all get through this, and then hopefully on the other side, we'll be able to peek our heads out and carry on with life. So, mm-hmm. 
All right, everyone, have a wonderful evening or morning or enjoy your snoozing or whatever. Mid-afternoon tea. Yes, whatever your julep, perhaps. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, So have a good one, everyone. Take care. Not y'all. Thanks for listening to Trans Talk Raw. This episode has been brought to you by transgenderlifecoaching.com. Please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Time for us girls to party. Join us again for our next episode of Trans Talk Raw.